let's take advantage of David being here. In fact, come see the world-famous David Lockheed. I'm sure you can sign some autographs or, you know, the yeah, voice of the Utah Jazz. No big deal. Uh, but let's take advantage of it, David. Let's talk some jazz basketball. Gordon, uh, I know, has been uh, running through a bunch of stuff on your list, Gordon, and we've got a, a bunch of stuff to get to with David. But I want to talk to you, David, about something you've been hitting, and I think it's going to be critical, and that's Nikola Jokic v. Rudy Gobert. Actually been somewhat advantageous for Rudy. He's played really well. It's been hard fought, no doubt. It's those few minutes, and I mean few, where Rudy is not on the floor and Jokic is that have just been, I don't want to say devastating because that sounds so hyperbolic, but Well, they've been negative. devastating. Yeah, it's I been I mean, bad. the reason you're 0-3. Um, so that is factual. When Rudy and Jokic have both been on the floor together in the games, the Jazz are plus one metric, has them as plus three, another has them plus five. Depends how you count free throws. Um, so that's fine. You got it. Jokic is shooting 52%, but what, he, what really is happening is Rudy's guarding Jokic, and everyone else is holding on their guys. And if you actually look at the Nuggets, like throughout the years, when, or, and particularly this year, when, when Jokic has four or fewer assists, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. He's their point guard. He's Larry Bird. He touches 98 times a game. That's the most of any player in the NBA touches the ball in the league. His, his percentage of time with the ball is the highest of any player in the NBA for their team. Wow. So that that's how you envision that's how you envision the uh Jokic. And if you can make him play one on one against Rudy and he has moderate success but not crazy success and he's not diming, that's a win for the Jazz. And that's what's happened in those minutes. Now, I don't have it exactly in front of me. I tweeted it the other day, but I think it's in something like fifteen minutes in which Jokic has been up against somebody other than Gobert, he's four for four with eight assists, and they're plus like 16. Like, I, my That's numbers amazing. might be straight, slightly off, but the point is there. If it was a 100-possession game, you'd be down, like a 100-minute game, you'd be down 100. So 48-minute uh, game, you're going to lose by 48 that way. The Jazz are going to have to find a second guy who can guard uh, a little bit, and it might be Royce O'Neal. Um, I don't know who it is, actually. They're going to have to find somebody to some, spend some minutes so that Rudy doesn't have to play 38 minutes a night getting beat up by Jokic. Right. Um, or you're going to have to do creative things defensively to be able to um, maybe relieve that burden on him. Right. So, so David, obviously, uh, Gobert and Jokic. Uh, another question defensively for the club is how can they slow down Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, because those guys are obviously threats. All right, let's start with Michael Porter Jr. And I haven't dug in yet, but I have a suspicion that this might be, and maybe I'm, this is, I may have crossed over to start becoming uh, Homer, Homer Lock at this point. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. is going to be great. He's going to be one of the best offensive players in the league. Uh, but he's a rookie who hasn't played a lot. This will, I, I'd be curious. If you have a computer in front of you, yeah. if you mm-hmm. can pull up Michael Porter Jr.'s splits, if you know how to find that, I'd be curious how many teams he's played twice. Let's see. Because I think what's going to happen in this series, you're going to find out, and this is just from me watching a little bit and being giving a scouting report by a coach in the league. So this is not all me. This is me stealing information. Michael Porter Jr. takes one dribble to his left, and he comes up and shoots. And if he puts it on the deck to the right, he's going to the basket. If that's true... Our staff will figure that out. That's where playoffs bother him. Uh, Gordon, remember Pazer Stoyakovich? Yeah. Uh-huh. Remember how bad a playoff player he was? Yes. Like, he was a terrible playoff player because Stoyakovich would catch, 
One dribble to his left to free himself, fire that shot, and the minute the playoffs started, everybody just closed out right on that <laughs> left hand. And all of a sudden, there was no one dribble anymore for you. So, um, so I, I think that there's a possibility that Porter Jr. could have a tough series. Okay, I, I've got that for you, yeah, by the way. How many Who, teams played, did he play twice? More than you'd probably think. The Anybody? most he's played is Minnesota at four. Oh, so he played all four games he, against Minnesota this year. New Orleans minutes? at three, Oklahoma City at three, and a bunch of teams okay. at two. All right. And how many minutes in, in those Minnesota? Uh, let's see. Minnesota, we're looking at 59 minutes. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma City, 56. Yeah, not a lot. lot. Uh -uh. So he was playing about 7, 8, 10. The most he's actually, the most minutes against the team he's played, let me make sure I've got this, Utah. Yeah, 70. Mm -hmm. Um, Later in the season. All right, Right. so let's see on that. I also think uh, Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to guard Joe Ingles, which means you're going to see a lot of Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, pick and roll, and see if Michael Porter Jr. wants to handle that. Yeah. Uh, David Locke is with us here at the store. You can come by and say hello to David uh, yourself. Of course, uh, safely social distance. We've got it set up so we can make it work. In fact, I just had a, a very nice conversation uh, with somebody during the break uh, talking jazz basketball, of course. People getting excited, playoff time. And let me ask you about Mike Conley, David, because we saw Memphis Mike Conley, and I, I don't want to say for the first time because that's not entirely true, but we, we saw 20 and 8 out of Mike Conley at times in the bubble. And he's he's obviously more comfortable. You heard him talk about it today on his media availability, which I know you were on. And that feels sustainable to me. Not that he's the difference necessarily 100% between winning and losing, but I think the fact that he's playing well is important. Well, it's really important because last year, Derek White torched Denver in a few playoff games. Now, in the last play, in the game seven, he went 0-4. But I think he had like 38 in game four or game three of that series. Well, that's because Jamal Murray's not always very good defensively. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, you know, Derek White shouldn't be dropping 38 on anybody in a playoff game. Right. Uh, so, again, what is our strength? What, what makes Utah good? Our strength is going to be one that our best defensive player can guard their best offensive player and hopefully cause them some difficulties. And two, offensively that we can shoot the, out of it. And three is that we have multiple pick-and-roll ball handlers so that we can go find who we want to find. So Torrey Craig is beating the crap out of Donovan, and Donovan's having a tough time with Torrey Craig. Fine. Here comes Mike Conley off Rudy Gobert. But we're going to have to do those picks in a different way. There's things that work and things that don't work. Our straight-down-the-line pick-and-roll against them has not been effective at all. Our clear-side angle pick-and-roll, so that pick-and-roll comes from an angle, and there's nobody in that corner, and it's clear-sided. Mike Conley's been brilliant on that. Joe Ingles has been brilliant on that. So, you know, we're going to have to find certain types of pick-and-rolls to get working because the the straight-down-the-middle pick-and-roll has not been great. David, question. Uh, If uh, Mike Conley's wife gives birth, uh, he's properly out of there for that occasion. I assume that would mean Donovan Mitchell might slide to the point guard position. How do you feel about him playing that role? We have not played well when Donovan is the only one of the three point guards on the floor in the regular season. I have not updated that in the bubble, but I think it's still true. Um, So, you know, Donovan, maybe Joe Ingles becomes the point guard in the starting unit, and Donovan Mitchell becomes the point guard in the backup unit might be the way you do that. Um... You know, Jordan Clarkson and Donovan together, I don't have a vibe, has been great. They kind of counter, it's kind of productive to have both of them on the floor at the same time since Jordan's going to shoot a lot and Donovan's going to shoot a lot, and there's only one ball. Um, you know, losing Mike Conley, we don't have three pick-and-roll ball handlers anymore, right? Like, 
Now we have three, two pick-and-roll ball handlers and Jordan Clarkson, who's an isolation player. Um, was it coincidental that Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year candidate or should be, started a bunch of games near the end of the bubble season? I don't think so. I think that was in preparation of if Mike Conley needs to leave. Right. Hmm. Well, uh, of course, we saw those young players, David, and, uh, you know, in the bubble, Quinn, he talked about it. He's looking for folks that can fill roles. So let me ask you this. You've got the, you've got the rotation six, right, the, the guys that are really going to be a difference maker. How deep is he going to go on top of that? Is it going to be kind of the traditional playoff eight? I can't see him going much George deep. George going to play. Right. Okay. So there's uh, seven. And is it Mieoni because he can Mie guard Oni all? Mieoni is going to play because he can guard all those uh, positions. Mieoni is going to play. I thought Brantley was good. Yeah, let's not get excited about the Spurs game. All right. I thought Brantley was good too, but I, I am not. Uh, our, uh, now, I liked. Um, I love what the Jazz did in the bubble minutes. I think it was brilliant to be able to. Uh, get 50, 60 NBA minutes that are better than G League preseason or um, what else would they have? Preseason, G League, Summer, Summer League. League. Mm -hmm. the Way better minutes. Uh, the Spurs game yesterday felt uh, very similar to me to one of those scenarios, particularly on the front line, other than Pirtle. Uh, but he's playing for a contract. Yeah, Pirtle's a pro. Murray was a pro. Walker's a rotation player. Samanich is 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 really young, and then I and Eubanks and those guys. Yeah. So I'm a, I kind of like Samanich, by the way. Well, he's nineteenth pick of a draft, so yeah. he should be pretty good at some point. Um, so I'm not as like I thought. Jarrell was really good yesterday, and I'm trying to temper. Sure. Um, I'm not sure that Jarrell's the answer now. Um, a little bit of what Denver does with their backup five will dictate the next move. So. Is it Jeremy Grant, and they're going small? Is it Plumley, and then Tony Bradley plays? Right. Plumley's good though. Well, Jeremy Grant was a good acquisition for them too. He makes them a little bit different. Yeah, and Millsap's slowing down, so that th they they're glad they. Did I was that. actually surprised they re-signed Millsap. That had to be. Yeah, there was something about that contract, wasn't there? Was it not all guaranteed? Or I think it was his option. There was something there. Maybe he picked it up. All right. Hey, I want to ask you about the broadcast itself for a second. I think you uh, you and Ron have sounded great. Thank you. But I know, you know, I get to see it a little bit on the inside. I've, I've poked my head and checked out your setup. I don't think you've, uh, you've noticed, but uh, I've, I've checked in on you uh, a little bit. The setup is amazing. I, before we hold this conversation too long, I need to give me the huge credit to um, Travis Henderson and the crew because yeah. that setup is it's awesome is as good as they could have done in the circumstances have you it, seen what our boy in houston is yeah it's not good i've yeah. seen a lot of people yeah. in la is not good either but but tell me how it's been different because it, uh, honestly to the listener i don't think it sounds too much different but oh, tell me how it's been so different different do you really want me to i was actually uh is this boring for people this is I interesting don't know. Is for it, me like I'd, I'd be interested to know. so round ball roundup which is jp chunga utah jazz podcast and i talked about this a little bit today and i got nervous that like it for all right so let me say the first thing about it i i've I, I've not had no different than everyone out there. I've had a hard time, like, with the adjustment. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it just kind of hit me in my soul, and then I had a vision of how we were going to change it, and we couldn't get it done. And so and, and it actually took 
Um, a really one really close friend of me, mine, like would kind of turn me around, and then also my daughter called me out. Like my daughter literally said to me, like, Dad, if I ever complained about something this much. Did she you really? would take me to my room, <laughs> lecture me about my attitude, and it's time for you to buck up. Oh, and that's so hilarious. I really am uncomfortable talking about all the things that are wrong with it because I think most people's lives now have stuff wrong with it that right. they didn't used to have, right? Like it's not as I'm talking to Jeff over here and we're in masks off to the side. Like our worlds are different. So I find it really unproductive to go back to what we used to do and talk about the way, so I'm reluctant to do that. You don't feel the game. I'm reluctant to do it, but here it goes. You don't feel the game. You can't see a trailer on the fast break, which is really interesting, right? Like the mm-hmm. like if the Dwayne Wade-LeBron James play had happened, in Co- you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have been able to call it. See it coming. Um, mm-hmm. You can't see who's subbed into games. I've made multiple mistakes about, like, just – instinctually like oh so-and-so's leaving the game so you mention it because that's what you're seeing on the screen but then you don't get the shot right. of the person walking in interesting um uh i appreciate them putting the bot- the jerseys on the bottom of the name i had a really funny i had a really really funny one i thought this was fu- funny it, it this is also i'm now derailing this gordon jump in and tell me when it's too boring um funny you learn about your brain we're playing oklahoma city second game Guy drives to the basket in Oklahoma City. He gets he's, he's coming with his right hand. The camera, there's a defender on his back. The camera only has, like, the side of him. He curls. He puts a shot up. He gets fouled. He goes to the ground on his back. Okay? So I, all I have seen is the bottom right part of his jersey. That's all right. my brain took in. And so my call was Gilgis Alexander to the rack, hit, fouled, scores, and finishes for Oklahoma City. I was convinced it was Gilgis Alexander. And it gets up, and it's, like, not Gilgis Alexander. It's, like, Basby or something. <laughs> Somebody who is not. And I'm like, how did I beep that up? And I'm pissed. And all of a sudden, I realized my brain saw letters on the bottom of the jersey down by his hip. And the only last name that's long enough for that oh, is Gilgis yeah. Alexander. Right. But it said Black Lives Matter. Right. And that was before they'd added the names on the back. Like, little things that your brain just does out of instinct after doing this for 13 years. Right now, every time my brain does something out of instinct, it's doing the wrong thing. <laughs> and that's the best way I can describe this. Well, David, I'll tell you one thing you didn't do wrong, and that's describe that cookie. I'm still recovering from that. Uh, you need that, one. Uh, it sounds like I need one. I want I've heard you talk a lot about the need for the Jazz to shoot the three, and I know Quinn, that's the way he feels. What's the number, David? How many do they need to shoot, and what percentage do they need to make? I'm going to steal a line from my good friend Kevin Pelton. Just take five more and see how it works. (laughs) That's the answer, because no one's found the number yet. There's yet to be a team taking three-point shots at a rate that has hurt their efficiency. Even the Rockets. I mean, they've been pretty efficient. They're thirty-five point six from three. They're they're taking they're taking fifty plus a game, which um, is just wild, by the way. Yeah, but we're number two in the bubble. We were number two in the bubble. We jumped up from thirty-four to forty-one, forty-two, which is a huge jump. It's a little. It's a little. We played an extra ten minutes, but um, the uh, but it is a big jump, and so I I don't know the answer to you. And I think the answer, no one's going to want to hear this. I think the answer is a lot more. Hmm. And the reason is 
because the Steph Curry generation is 14 right now. Maybe 15? Maybe 17? Like, I'd be curious if still teenager, high yeah. school basketball AAU or just local coaches, like, listening, if, like, like I would be curious what their thought of, of where, when the Steph Curry generation, the Dame Lillard generation, is not in our league yet. Right. Trey Young might be the first one. Well, when they get in the league, they've been shooting 35-footers their whole lives. It's not hard for them. Right. Off the bounce. <laughs> So when they, so when they're in the league, I think forty-five ignite is going to be a small number. Hmm. And I think what we saw last night with Dame is not going to be uncommon. When that, they're double teaming at forty feet, because if he rises up for three, he's hitting it at 40 percent. It's too good, and you gotta get the ball out of his hands. And I think it's, I think it's going to lead to. What's interesting right now is the three-point explosion has not really led to a massive offensive explosion. It's led to a, the offense is uptick. The offense is about two points per 100 possession better. I think like the offensive rating is like a 111, 112 right now. I think the offensive rating is going to hit 120 here pretty soon. Wow, really? Like I think these games, I think these guys are going to be unguardable. Let you me, can't me, guard 40 feet of floor. Yeah. So, David, an attendant question essentially is, what are defenses doing to combat the three-point shot, the proliferation of it? Well, very little right now because the league has swung the other way and is protecting the rim. Um, the defense of the rim is more important right now for teams in defense of three. It's math. It's so, what the Bucks are doing. Yeah, and the Raptors, uh, what we can do with Rudy. We're the only team in the NBA in the top five of denying the three and denying the rim. It's a pretty big advantage. But if you think about it, Jake Scott comes off the pick and roll set by Gordon Monson with Johnny Lightfoot defending Jake Scott. And he has Rudy Gobert as the center. So he's defending. He just got hit by a pick. I can go under, and then Jake Scott's going to rise up for the three. No. Okay. I'd miss so it. So this story but fell you'd apart let me right have it. You know, you'd probably But you don't. Go Instead, you trail... Behind him, you go above the pick, you trail behind him, and you drive him off as a defender. You run behind him, literally defending from behind, forcing him off the three-point line and into Rudy Gobert. That's the defense. That's the Jazz defense. So to beat the Jazz, that's why Chris Paul is so hard for us. Right. We're doing that, and he's hitting that mid-range jumper. We're not defending the paint very well right now, the kind of ten, three- to ten-foot shot. we got to be a little better at that in this series. Um, they Jamal, gave up like almost 80 points in the paint to somebody. Who was it? Was it, it might have been Denver. It was Denver. Yeah. Denver is a particularly poor off-the-bounce three-point shooting team. Uh, other than Michael Porter Jr., one dribble left. Um, so I think it'll be interesting of whether the Jazz do anything. I was texting with someone about this, and they said, well, how do you combat that? And I said, well, do you go under? And the response was, I don't like that. Like, we don't, right. That's not what we do. David, so, we saw yeah. we saw what Quinn Snyder concocted last year against James Harden. Do you expect him to come up with something creative in this series? You bet. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't think we'll see it till about four minutes left in a close game. Little hmm. tease. We won't see it right off the bat. Uh, of course, talking about the Rubio playing behind Harden. Right. You know, something truly. Yeah. All right. Denver. All right. Denver has an action that they run a lot of late in games. And I think Quinn will have 
like they're Denver's not very creative late in games. They run one action over and over again. I would suspect that Quinn has something prepared for that action, mm-hmm. and I would suspect he's not going to show it to us until there's four minutes left. Still, it matters. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, you know we're going to get looks against Denver. The reason you want to play Denver is because you're going to get the looks. Uh, we took 17 corner threes in the second matchup against them. We took 44 threes, 41 threes, and 55 threes in the three games against them. So I think, you know, we're going to get looks. We're, we have seven guys on our roster, or six with Boyan that shoot over 40% on catch-and-shoot threes. Like, it's a shooting, it's a shooter's dream uh, in Orlando, according to everyone I've talked to. There's, you know, there's no backdrop. Like, there's no, there's no vac, you know, vacuum of space that's, that's away from the, the, of a crowd. Uh, so shoot. Um, and shoot fast and shoot early. Uh, I think that's one. Um, I'm going to watch Jokic's assist numbers. Um, if his assist numbers, you know, four or five, I think we're all right. That to me, that's Rudy's having a good game. So Rudy's guarding Jokic well enough. He hasn't gotten it, that. That you're taking away his assists. Um, they run the most handoffs in the league. It's always a, kind of a similar action with Jokic at the top of the key. Jamal Murray will come for a handoff, and then Jokic might give it to him or he might not. And then Murray will get, let's say Murray gets it, he goes to the left side, and then it's not there. He'll come right back around and hand it back to Jokic, and then he comes back again. And it's what they did to us like nine straight times late in the game the other night. Like, we got to figure that out. Like, that's part of playoffs is like, get, we've got to blow that play up. Like, the bigger moment, it's always the hardest thing I find in broadcasting. Gordon would probably uh, back this up about writing. Sometimes the hardest thing to remember to talk about is the thing that didn't happen. Like a huge story in this would be if somehow that play's not happening. Um, so those are the two things there. Off uh, The other one would be pick and roll. We have three different guys who can run the pick and roll, and Conley, Donovan, and Joe. We've got to have Donovan going, but Torrey Craig causes him huge problems. I think Donovan's 8 of 32, this 8 of 31 when guarded by Torrey Craig in three games. Um, so Joe Ingles has got to be working to Michael Porter Jr., and Mike Conley's got to be taking advantage of Jamal Murray. Um, you know, really, Joe Ingles has got to be really good. Yep. Like, and, I, and he's not been in many of the games in the bubble. So, he, you know, he's been very good in others, right? But, like, we need a far more consistent – and fine, it's go time now. I kind of expect him to be, but we need, it's go time for Joe. Like, it's yep. – let's go. Like, I got it. You know, David, when I hear you describe that, it reminds me – remember all those years ago when Carl Malone, I think it was before playoff series when the Jazz were really good, singled out Brian Russell as being the one guy who was going to be the difference maker, the X factor. And Brian kind of freaked out over that. But for you, it's Joe Ingles in this series, it sounds like. Yeah, it might be Mike Conley. So I kind of think, like, if first of all, I'm not the greatest believer in X factors. Like, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert better win this playoff series for us, right? Now, Derek Favors was the X Factor in the seven-game series win over the Clippers. So, they, but I, you know, let's, they're only X Factors if your stars are stars. Um, and then I think there's a Mike Conley, Michael Porter Jr. Kind of who impacts the game more at that right. point. Um, and I, I actually like that for us a little bit. And then Joe's the next piece of that, right? Like, um, if Joe can get going in a unique manner, it's probably, you know, Who's theirs? I don't know. You know, Gary Harris is healthy. Will Barton, I don't, I don't know if they get enough minutes. Um, but, yeah, then Joe, Joe's got to catch and shoot early. He's got to run. He's got to run. He's, not, he's got to run and be willing to run. And then if the play gets into a half-court set, then come back to play the pick and roll. 
Sometimes I feel like Joe lingers back on the play to make sure that he gets the ball for the high pick and roll. Like, let's go. We got to get catch and shoot threes and get it out and stretch the defense and make them work in that manner early. And that's Boyan's role, and that's Joe's role in, in, without Boyan around is to get it out in the open floor early. 